0: Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and...
1: Mom. Welcome to the show Mom. Yeah, Thanks, thanks. Good to be here. Great to be here. You you don't sound that excited all of a sudden. I just remember something that's making me nervous. No,
0: it's fantastic to be here. What's making you nervous? Oh,
1: I just... (laughs) So this funny thing happened. I wrote an article that's being published in um, the latest... Edition of Signs that's coming out next month. Cool. And, um, yeah, which is. We new. need
0: to get, um, we need Kent to Kingston get on Kent Kent to Kingston on here to talk about it. it. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. We'll
1: talk about the next issue of Signs. Anyway, I got an email yesterday, um, or the day before, can't remember when, but saying, hey, we really liked your article. Can we interview about it, you about it on Signs of the Times radio? And I was like, oh, I'm going to be on radio. <laughs> 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 and then I was like, hang on, wait a second. <laughs> I'm on radio every day, but I'm the interviewer, not the interviewee. And I just realised that today, in a couple of hours, my interview is happening, and I suddenly just got nervous. So, (laughs) Mon, you're a nut. You're nervous about being on radio. (laughs) I'm a (laughs) mon. Anyway, what are you grateful for this morning, Lyle? I'm
0: grateful that I get to laugh at you every morning, Mon. Yeah, yeah. Um, It just (laughs) entertain us.
1: I'm so happy I can be your entertainer. (laughs) Oh, by the way, Lyle, I did the thing you've been bugging me to. Yes I finally got up at 4am in the morning and went for a swim
0: And it was refreshing, wasn't it?
1: Well, at first it was freezing cold. Like, it the, wasn't cold. It, okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. I got out oh, the back door, and there was a cool breeze coming. If you through. vote
0: that Mon needs to drink a, 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 a glass of have a <laughs> glass of country. of, um, of uh, concrete on her breakfast each morning, then uh, yes, just uh, no, 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 text no, no. us through on zero four nine one zero. Don't text anything. I'm
1: deleting all the texts. <laughs> it was a cool breeze when I stepped outside, but once I got in the pool, the water was really warm. It was okay, actually record, nice to be in the pool. For
0: the record, what Mon describes as a cool breeze, it was twenty two. Degrees. With a
1: cool breeze. All right, people, it was a 20, cool 20, first thing in the morning It was a 22
0: breeze. degree breeze. Lyle
1: wouldn't know Lyle was in bed, stung as a bug on a rug. Don't listen to him. <laughs> anyway, it was really lovely in the pool. And it was a, it was so nice and warm and cuddly in the water. I actually didn't want to get out <laughs> end up being late to the gym. But yeah, I might do it tomorrow and the next day and the day after that. I quite enjoyed a 4am swim. Anyway.
0: It's a unique experience. I recommend it to everybody. Do it first thing in the morning. Get up. Jump in the pool if you have Actually, a pool yeah, or the you ocean if you're near the ocean. Give
1: us a call if you are someone yeah. who does a 4 a.m. routine.
0: Surfing people do this all the time.
1: I want to hear about these. Like, Surfers always go
0: down to the beach for a, for a sunrise surf.
1: Yeah, it's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Call me up. Tell me what it is that you do at 4 a.m. in the morning as part of your morning routine. I know this is a delayed broadcast introduction. Because I get up at 5. Yeah, I know this is a delayed board card int- broadcast introduction, but I don't care. Give us a call. We're still here at the studio live and uh, I want to talk to you. So, yeah, give us a call. Yeah Anyway, stay tuned We have a fabulous show Coming right up Right after this
2: From the heart of the Father Comes the desire That all of the nations be saved From the lips of Messiah We have the promise Behold, I am with you always People who have called this place their home. Across the oceans we will fly, leaving worldly gain behind to hear the Saviour's praise awake across the
0: globe. Welcome back, guys. That was Rick Smith and Nikki Cheswell with Across the Streets here on Faith FM. Mon, what have we got for our first clue for today's okay. quiz?
1: Before we kick off our breakfast Bible quiz, I just want to say I just did a shout out to Marco and I forgot to say good morning to his mum Gina. Good morning, Gina. She's also tuning Marco in from and Hamilton here in Newcastle. Good morning. That two newest listeners. The first day they're tuning into the show. So good on them. By the way, if you are listening to our show and you're wondering why you're cutting in and out, it's probably because you have bad reception the best way to deal with that is to jump on the tune in app you can download that thing for free search for Faith FM Australia add us to your favorites Let me give you the first clue today. this is a who am I quiz and the first clue is this I said should I drink the blood of those men who went at the risk of their lives? Mm. Should I drink the blood of these men who okay. went at the risk of their lives? Give us a call if you know who that is, which Bible character that is. You can call us on one eight hundred Faith FM. It's one 1-800-324-843 If you can get the answer correct, I'm going to give you the prize. This morning, it's a copy of Nature's Superfoods, a wonderful cookbook that goes through a whole bunch of different superfoods and gives you wonderful recipes on how to cook them and prepare them. So if you can get the right answer, I'll send you that for free. Mm. There
0: you go. Yeah, very good. Great quiz coming up. Great clue. Great prize, I should say. Let me get it right here this morning. Great prize coming up. A bit up early if you for can... you, is it,
1: Lyle? Like... <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, you know. How maybe it you should
1: have joined us for a swim. Yeah, maybe
0: I shouldn't have gone chasing <laughs> cows at midnight. <laughs> thinking those they'd balaclava- broken into my cows. yard. Yeah. What
1: do you call those things? You know how robbers they wear a balaclava and they have that tool that you know everyone sort of thinks is synonymous with breaker intruders, like a jimmy bar. Uh, no, it's like a kind of like an S hook, and it has like a
0: yeah, yeah, a jimmy bar.
1: What's the technical term for that? Uh, jimmy crowbar, bar. crowbar.
0: No, nah, crowbar is
1: a long straight one. Oh, it is. Mm. But you can use both of them to break into place. Well, look at us teaching our listeners how to roll places. You need a jimmy bar, and you're going to need a pull club. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's
0: often it is. It, you're tr- you're right. It is often called a crowbar, but a crowbar is a, straight uh, a long straight one. Okay, that used for digging with and. Oh. Um, A uh, a jimmy bar is what you jimmy your door open with.
1: Ah, okay, gotcha. Uh, Got to learn something new today. Uh Learn something new every day. Here I am, almost thirty-five, learning all about tools. (laughs) All right, Lyle, let me tell you some good news. It is time for our good news part of the show, where I share some good news from around the globe. Lyle, yes, how are your letter writing skills? Poor. You might want to brush up on them. There's a calligraphy lady. Calligraphy
0: has never been my strong. No no, point. no,
1: no, 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 not calligraphy. Nothing, nothing fancy. Letter
0: writing. This calligraphy is writing letters.
1: Oh my goodness! <laughs> Such a dad joke. <laughs> I don't mean like a character, I have like the, best the letter A. Ever. I mean like you know writing someone a note. You know a letter. You know yeah, 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 yeah. that kind of. A letter Anyway,
0: i have written a letter for donkeys. Year. I write emails. Does that count?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. Oh, Are yeah, so, so you tolerable? So you have a nice way with words. You have some good prose. You can like I, not, I ne- not necessarily I've never poetry. Tried?
0: But, no, but if, I've never tried. Do you have? I co- can, I can, I can do good creative writing.
1: Okay, well, good. That's what I you need. I just never do. Oh, okay, well, you need to you need to brush up, you need to like get good, out your good skill. creative
0: writing is, is is really fairly simple. All you've got to do is just start using your imagination and build a word picture.
1: Yeah, well, we need some of that penmanship because get this. There's a woman who lives in the scenic hills of Canada. And instead of selling her 1.7 US million dollar home, she's going to give it away to the winner of a letter writing contest. Oh. And ladies and gentlemen, this contest is still open. Oh. Yes. So, uh, scenic hills of Canada. And in Canada, by the way, absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Stunning. Stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, her name is Alla Wagner and she suffered a back injury last year and she's been actually unable to manage the stairs in her... 5,000 square foot home in Millerville, Alberta and uh, home care nurses actually suggested that she upgrade the house to accommodate her disability, but she couldn't bear to change um, the structure because she really loves this home. It's a very beloved home to her, and she didn't want to ruin it or change the structure or anything. She says she she said, I view this home as a work of art, and I don't want to make changes to it that's going to <clears throat> compromise its look and the value and craftsmanship that's in this home. So a bit of, a bit of healthy respect for craftsmanship. I like that. Mm, absolutely. And uh, she actually spent months trying to sell the home um, but couldn't bring herself to do it. And instead of giving up, she got an idea. So she's hosting a letter writing contest, uh, where she's asking strangers to write about why they want to live in their home. So it's called the Write a Letter Winner House Contest. So go online, search for Write a Letter Winner House, and, uh, and you will be able to find the competition. Now, catch, right? She's mm-hmm. only accepting up to 68,000 submissions, and as a means for her to recoup the cost of her home, if you want to enter, you do have to pay 25 bucks to enter it. It's actually a pretty clever way of doing it.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. okay.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it'd be like when you, when you apply to go to university, you have to pay like a fee to yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, have your application processed. So, 25 bucks to have your application processed. And I think this is great because I think it's going to keep the people who just going to write junk out of the picture. They're going to be serious about this. <laughs> I'm thinking of, of, of sending her a letter. Um, so, <laughs> and she says if, if the if the sixty eight thousand um, application yeah, spaces, it's not just like
0: a lottery. It's actually a um a skill skill.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all skill based. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. And she says if she doesn't get sixty eight thousand applications, um, it's not a worry. She's going to refund all the twenty five dollars um, admissions to all the entrants. And this is really nice. Additionally, uh, if you know. all goes according to plan and she does manage to give away her house. Uh, She's going to give away 5% of its proceeds to the Calgary Women's Shelter. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. She said she's already started reviewing letters for the contest and she has been heartened by the submissions. that she said. And um, yeah, just some beautiful stories that she's been hearing and just really making her just feel very positive about the whole experience. I'm kind of into it. I think if I had a house, I might sell it this way as well.
0: There you go. Why maybe this will be the new thing.
1: Yeah. Do you know what? I've, this is not the first time I've seen something like this. I've seen some of the this I way. think
0: it's nice that she's going to refund the money, you know, if the if the place doesn't sell because um, – or she doesn't raise the money that she needs to because, you know, it takes a lot more of the um, lottery aspect away from it.
1: Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, not gambling. You're yeah. not going to lose anything. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Okay. Lyle. I, I am so pleased about this story now. Both of these stories are coming out of North America. Uh, but this is just one that really wore my heart because we've often spoken about refugees, about, um, you know, the Muslim community and how there's a lot of stigma attached and how, um, there needs to be people working against those stigmas and not yes. just lumping them all in one big, oh, you're a terrorist, kind of a heap. Uh, so there's a fella called Yassin and, uh, he runs and operates Yassin's falafel house in Knoxville. It's a refugee run restaurant. Okay. So he himself is a refugee. He uh he came, migrated from Syria in two thousand eleven, uh, to the US and since opening this restaurant, um Yasin Turo, his full name, he's become a beloved part of the community because he's so friendly and so lovely. Um for the past four years he's used this uh sorry, past seven years he's used a restaurant as a neighborhood sanctuary for everyone, regardless of their religion, race or politics. Nice. So it doesn't matter at all. Like mm-hmm. you're welcome to come, and if you need job, he like particularly will employ uh, other refugees and sort of help them out. Uh, even back uh, in you know, last year, uh, they had a local candlelit uh, vigil. And a guy came along to the gathering and started yelling, um, at the crowd, um, about how immigrants are stealing American jobs and just being, you know, abusive. And he was praised, uh, for his actions because he actually went out to this guy, reached out to him, and, uh, instead of, you know, reciprocating this guy's venom, he actually offered to buy him dinner so they could talk. And he even offered the guy a job at his restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. This guy is smashing through prejudice. This all resulted. In Yassin's Falafel House in Knoxville, Tennessee, being voted the nicest place in America. That's
0: huge. So That is huge. huge.
1: Because it's a huge competition they do every year. And this is in the
0: the Evangelical Bible Belt South, which is um, typically a very right-wing environment. Mm -hmm. And for you know something to be taking place like this and actually thriving you know this is what people this is what and pe- to top
1: this competition if you and year. I
0: ever end up as a refugee Mon we need to take yes. a, a leaf out of this guy's book story
1: doesn't end there Lyle so this guy um, they've started offering free meals to any federal employees because as we all know the US government is in shutdown has been since December a lot of um, government workers are running out of cash and so the local community has gathered together uh, donations and this one particular falafel house is now offering um, free meals to any government agents and they said government employees are our brothers and sisters and they are not going to be alone during the longest shutdown we can't be the nicest place in america if we leave them by themselves they've just that's stepped amazing. up that's, they've that's stepped amazing up. this that's is great like fantastic and actually if you jump online and look up uh nicest places in america you'll see it's a, it's a year a year-round competition and the stories that are attached to all the different winners from the past year if you're needing like a positive lift Oh, Just go read through that So this is the current nicest place in America A refugee run restaurant In uh, in Knoxville, Tennessee Isn't that good news? Yeah, just We're going to have a song break This is Lauren Daigle with Power to Redeem Her new album is just amazing If you can get a copy of Lauren Daigle's latest album I definitely recommend you do so You <laughs> take
0: Welcome back, guys. That was Lauren Daigle with Power to Redeem here on Faith FM. Mon, have you got the second clue for our quiz this morning?
1: Yes. Who am I? This is. I want to say this Bible character is pretty easy, but I think the, the clues are just a little bit obscure, just for the first few, as per usual. So it's a who am I quiz. The first <coughs> one was I said, should I drink the blood of these men who went at the risk of their lives? The second clue is Peter said, I didn't ascend to heaven.
0: Okay, who this? This is a person who is not in heaven. Somebody who did not go to heaven. The Bible mm-hmm. is very, very clear. This person is not in heaven. Who is that person?
1: Give us a call one eight hundred Faith FM. That's one 843 Or you can text your guesses on your answers. To zero four nine one zero six four six six nine, or just through any of our social media platforms. We have Instagram, Faith of FM Live. We have Facebook, Faith FM Australia. Uh, we even have uh, Twitter and YouTube.
0: Okay, so um, coming up in today's news, Mon, I've got a question for you. Go on, and that is, what is your opinion of scripture teaching in public schools? Is this a is this a clash with the concept of separation of church and state? Um, is this something that we should encourage or discourage or otherwise? Obviously, this has been a big issue in the media yeah. um, and in the public schools, particularly over the last couple of years, as um, almost universally public school teachers have been fighting to eradicate scripture teaching in public schools.
1: I didn't even realize that scripture teaching was something that was being taught in public schools.
0: Yes, yeah, so I've got two boys that uh, went to public school and there you had uh, the option of... Um, you could do scripture class, ethics class, or you could do, uh, I don't know, homework or something. Wait, hang on.
1: I thought your boys went to a Christian school.
0: Yeah, but they went to a public school before they went to a Christian school. Oh, they
1: did. Okay, righto, yeah.
0: righto. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had – you, you okay, so no children – so here's the issue. Yeah. No children are forced to do scripture in a public school. It's just an option? If you go to a Christian school, yes, it's part of the curriculum. Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah, get yeah. a choice about mm-hmm. that, but that's –
1: why, kind you've of why went, you sent yeah, your children there? Right.
0: You want them to have that kind of positive. So at influence. the
1: public school that they went to, it wasn't forced upon them; it was an option they could choose.
0: Yeah, and they could choose uh, Catholic or Protestant.
1: Okay, and so is the beef with these teachers that they don't want there to be an option?
0: Yeah, they don't want uh, scripture to be taught in public schools at all, mm-hmm. and they raised a number of reasons. One of them is that it absorbs time valuable time that they could be teaching, you know, in what in their mind is valuable subjects. Gotcha. Um, they see it as an issue of church and state mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, should the state be paying for religious education, um, which is which is probably the most interesting of the issues to discuss. I don't think the other issues are even issues at all, in my opinion. They're just like non-issues. Um, they're worried about unqualified teachers and curriculum being created by churches rather than the Department of Education. Now, the Department of Education is not qualified to put together a scripture um, curriculum yeah, in I, any way, shape, or form.
1: I was one of the first questions that jumped into my mind was, "Who's teaching this? Like, like what teacher has been given the job of teaching scripture?" Yeah, so
0: I've got a number of uh, friends who have um, done this, mostly uh, local church pastors mm-hmm. or people who have a theology degree of so how,
1: but like how would they test it like what happens but
0: having said that when they get it to is exam job, point. it is a job that you could apply for and based on the fact that you've done three years of Bible work and a year of you know hosting a Christian radio station you would probably you, you could possibly get that job.
1: Okay, but what happens when it comes to exam time and these kids have to pass the class? Does that mean that because I'm a Seventh Day Adventist, I've taught them Seventh Day Adventist doctrine, and you know, is someone else going to teach them a different kind of doctrine? Like, does that mean across the street, all these different scripture classes have the slant of whichever religion the teacher? Is? Yeah,
0: and they have government guidelines and and, and okay, so know.
1: the curriculum is handed down from the government. And... Well,
0: there's guidelines that are handed mm-hmm, down. Okay, um, but you know, there's there's no question that if you're teaching it, you're going to. Put a 7th Day of the Slant on it. Oh, absolutely. Look, this is sticky.
1: I do believe thoroughly in the separation of church and state. Um, And I think if people, you know, if, if I'm free to send my children or my future children to a Christian school, other parents should be free to send their kids to a school where there's no religion being taught. Even though I think that's a travesty and very sad, and they're going to be missing out. They do need to be free to have that choice. At the same time, if the school isn't forcing it upon them and it's simply an option, there really isn't a problem because it's providing the freedom for them to choose or to refuse.
0: Yeah, I mean, the school's still providing for it. And uh, let's say that, uh, all right, let's say you send your your kids along to a public school, Mm -hmm. um, which could be a a very real possibility one day. Yep. Um, You're sending your kids to a public school. And let's say that um, the scripture class is being taught by a Hindu
1: yeah. So the, I, before you even finish that sentence, I was like, if I sent my kids to a public school, they would not be signing up for the scripture class because they can learn something else at school while I teach them scripture at home. Okay. But but then I'm Airport. proactive. I'd be proactive Airport. as a mother about that. I don't know how many parents would be that all that proactive. See, about I
0: sent my kids to a public school and I sent them to a scripture class.
1: Okay. And then you, and then they came home and you corrected everything? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'm
0: like, hey, go to this class. And I think there was an Anglican who was teaching it because mm-hmm. we had, in, in that particular school, they had a choice between Protestant or Catholic. Yeah. And so I said, go to the Protestant one and uh, be challenged. Yeah. You know, you, you've you grown up in my home. Um, be challenged and bring your questions home or, you know, challenge the teacher um, if there are things, you know. Was yeah, pretty, that's, that's actually it was good It was pretty thought, bland though. kind of stuff that was being taught. Yeah. You know, it was very ecumenical. And so I, I do don't think... think you ever, uh, brought anything back that, um, that you know, required any level of challenge.
1: I do think it's great for kids um, to have their faith challenged when they're young so they learn how to um, put forth a persuasive argument for what they do believe.
0: I mean, after that, I sent my kids to a Baptist school and they were definitely, definitely challenged there, mm-hmm. you know, um, strongly challenged by subjects, you know, such as hellfire and this kind of thing where teachers said, hey, there is so much in the Bible in, about this, what are you going to do about it, you know? And uh, I, I think it was healthy, you know. Yeah, they, they struggled with some of this stuff for a while. We worked through it as a family, and looked at you know all the Bible passages on that subject. And uh, um, I think it was—I think it was a, a great thing.
1: Okay, so what do you think? Do you think they should be teaching scripture classes in public schools?
0: Okay, so I've got a number of different um, ideas on this. First of all, I don't think that the government can. Rest- if you're going to have religion taught in school, you cannot restrict it to one religion, because that's kind of like having a state religion.
1: Yeah. Okay,
0: Okay, so you can't limit it to one church. But
1: that then poses a massive problem. So, for instance,
0: if you go back to federation, there was a very strong push at federation um, for the Anglican church to be the state church. Mm -hmm. And the Adventist church stepped in and said, no, we can't have a state church. We need to have separation of church and state. And we fought very hard for that back then, and uh, we were able to punch you know a long way above our body weight and actually make sure that that did not happen so we don 't have a state church and if you have um, you know only Anglicans can preach can teach in public schools, then that's the same as having a state church yeah, good point if you have only scripture can be taught as in only Bible scripture can be taught that 's the same as having a state religion okay you can 't do this in public school if you have separation of church and state.
1: So do you propose that they have a potential class for every single religion under the sun?
0: Potentially. Now, realistically, you're only going to be able to work with what's available in your local community. Yeah, because there's so
1: many religions. I just found out about a new religion just this week, one called Druze. Never heard of it before, but it exists. Yeah,
0: that's quite a significant one too. Yeah. Um, And uh, and, and so there's going to be areas in Sydney, for instance, where it's going to be predominantly uh, an Islamic suburb. And so... You, 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 your likelihood of ha- having uh, Islamic teachers available or people available to teach Islam would be much higher than, say, you know, in the Lower Hunter where I live, where it would be almost impossible to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I don't think it can be restricted to one or the other. I think that the idea of giving parents the choice and students the choice—do I do scripture class or do I do homework instead—I think is a great thing. I think that uh, there is nothing to fear. And I see a lot of what the teachers are pushing for is fear driven. Okay. Because religion stands against their philosophy. Um, everything to do with religion stands against what they are trying to accomplish with these young people in the school system and they are fearful of it. You know, they talk about how that, uh, you know, this 40 minutes a week is going, you know, such a horrific waste of time and they're trying to, you know, it's it's such a disruption. I'm thinking, seriously, 40 40 minutes, minutes? get a life, you know. Um,
1: They spend hours every day scrolling through Facebook and Instagram, 40 minutes of a class isn't going to kill them.
0: I don't think the Department of Education is qualified to create a curriculum. I think that's ridiculous mm-hmm. uh, because you know as soon as you as soon as as soon as you have one person or one group create a curriculum, then it's going to lean towards one particular religion or another, and that becomes then the equivalent of a state religion. Once again, you can't have that. Um, then um, unqualified teachers. Um, I think that uh, yes, we do need to look. Closely and uh, carefully at teachers and make sure that those who are teaching these kind of subjects are well qualified, even a though they hot may not topic. be teachers. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Give us a call. 1 800 324 843 is the number. Give us a call and let us know what you think.
3: I have never seen your love move. No, I've never seen its way. It stands like a strong. No storm could ever shake. No, I've never seen your love move. Nor the colors of it fade. Its tones only get deeper. With each closer step. pledge to you that my love would be a strong tell that I'll be forever true. I'll give my all to make you happy. Be your support and know you too and you'll be safe in my.
0: Welcome back everybody, you're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia and joining us in the studio right now is David Stojic. David, welcome to the show. Great to be here again. And of course David, you're a regular here but last week we discussed a topic about depression and specifically uh, what a lot of people refer to as circumstantial or reactive depression that according to Relationships Australia reports
4: spikes around Christmas and New Year. So particularly relevant for us right now. And we said, said that for a number of people, actually quite a few, that's the most stressful, one of the most stressful times, you know, in the year. I,
0: I would definitely put Christmas shopping into that category. <laughs> that's
4: right. <laughs> okay, so based on research
0: you said uh, last week, it seems that the most vulnerable age are young people, so that's about 20%. Uh, by the age of eighteen, or people who are in aged care—in other words, separated from their families—that's around thirty-five percent. So that's good news for you and I because we're sort of in between those we two know. groups. But it's not great for um, for the others, that's for right. um, the younger and the elders. Um, that's but r- that's I-
4: right. That's e- right. Even though the stats, you know, generally when they are spread out, uh, based on 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 um, you know uh, Beyond Blue and other other research. Basically, maybe about one in five people um, yeah. it, it suffers from from depression. So these are just two groups where it actually really um, it's higher. Uh, it's high, very high.
0: Yeah, so we're, we're not off the hook entirely there, do mm, not, not at all. <laughs> we need to look after our emotional health. Um, now you know we could look at that and say, "Hey, that's um, you know, it's a bit depressing." We're getting depressed <laughs> about depression, but. Um, the good thing is that there is a lot of help available, and you mentioned a few things you do here in the community. So you're a uh, a uh, a counsellor as well as a pastor. You run regular programs in the Newcastle region. Uh, so really, this applies to anywhere from Newcastle, Hunter, Central Coast, um, Port Stephens area. You know, right, all through right. that region.
4: And we do have people coming from all of these places, Central yes. Coast even as well to our programs. Yes.
0: Okay. Very quickly, can you briefly remind us of what 4D Living Lifestyle Health Clinic can offer to help the members of our community?
4: Thank you. Thank you for asking um, Lyle, I appreciate the question, and the for the Living, uh, as I have mentioned a few times, for the, for the Living Lifestyle Health Clinic was established to promote, promote holistic health, a health that takes into consideration the physical, mental, emotional, social, relational, and spiritual aspect of, of health. Uh, I, I need to say I'm not a medical doctor. As you said, I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm a counselor qualified in that field. Uh, And also, you know, in in not just secular counseling, but also Christian counseling. And um, uh, I'm particularly interested in the latest research on the impact of actually spirituality on our health. And most of our programs we run integrate uh, biblical spirituality into the model of health uh, that we promote. Uh, but our, uh, just talking about uh, in the context of our conversation, what you just mentioned, we're talking about Christmas time where depression and anxiety spike, spikes. We run. Regular depression and anxiety recovery programs, which I'm very very happy to to hear that actually you run as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, yeah. Your community there in 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 um, of faith in in. Now, did
0: uh, I hear that you've got one running at the moment or about uh, to
4: start? Uh, well, uh, we we'll get to that okay, right. very soon. We will be running, but at the moment we're running something else, which is one of the triggers. Of of uh, of depression, so, uh, 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 and I'll get back to that in a moment. But this program that that we run is is a, a top notch program, really, where, where the rates of success, because of its holistic nature, uh, are very high, up to even ninety percent of people who actually attend uh, this program experience some sort. Well, in some cases, very significant improvement. And that program uh, was developed by. Dr. Neil Nedley uh, of the uh, of the Nedley Health Solutions uh, from from USA, and so when we're talking about spirituality and health and and, and and how that all impacts each other, we point to people that actually one of the best known programs, even if people have nothing to do with with faith or any religion, uh, they know about Alcoholics Anonymous, and when we tell them actually that actually Alcoholics Anonymous became successful. When they integrated spirituality. Yes, uh, that's right. In the, in the, in the 12 steps. Mm -hmm. And very significantly, mind you, uh, then, then, then people actually are prepared to hear and know that actually that side of their being, if, if, if if they, if they pay attention to that and, and, and get help in that area, they can, they can really get some help. So if people are interested in, in, um, in attending of one of our depression recovery programs or yours, and they can call here Faith FM or they can go onto to our website www.4dliving.org.au uh, uh, or they can send us an email on info at 4dliving.org.au.
0: Excellent. All right. So I'd encourage you to do that, uh, get in contact with uh, 4D Living and look at all of the many different programs that they have to offer that can be of benefit to you. So, David, Thanks. thank you for sharing that. That is uh, just super helpful and we hope that um, more and more people are going to contact you or us to register into one of the programs that you're going to be running here in the near future. That's right. Um, okay, for those of you who are living in other parts of the country, you can contact us and we can find out where else the, dep- the, the Depression Recovery Program is being offered. Depression Recovery Program, a number of these programs that you run have sort of been franchised, haven't they? So That's that right. Um, various people, counsellors and so forth can do a training program and run it locally in their area. Exactly.
4: And, and that brings a lot of joy to our heart because yeah. we, we Empower people to to partner with us and, and, and run run um, these programs to mm-hmm. help the local community.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so they're happening all over Australia, um, Australia wide, even worldwide. That's right. Um, so if you're listening to us overseas, and I know a number of you do, then uh, we can even probably track down some programs, similar programs in many different parts of the world. Um, as uh, a lot of you know, a lot of Adventist churches have really adopted this. Um as an integral part of just what they do. That's right. Um and, and that, that other churches that, that's also.
4: That's I would say one of the very strong contributions of our uh, our our particular Denomination church. Mm-hmm. Apart from that, imminent beautiful hope that actually is implied in the name of Adventist, the advent of Christ, we also help people to live the best life here yes. while we are waiting.
0: And our the- and our uh, our in-house term for it is um, for for those of you who might not be familiar with our in-house language, the in-house term for it is the health message. That's right. We call it the health message, and it's a message of good health that we draw from scripture and uh yeah, just a a, a a little unashamed brag here at the moment, but it's a space that uh, within Christianity we really own this space it's that's a, right. that's a fantastic contribution that um, this church has been able to make. To and the we are very Christian happy
4: community. we are very happy to be of service to our brothers and sisters in 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 other denominations and churches as well. Yeah, absolutely With, with, that, with that help Alright, so what else do you run, David? Alright, so, so I mentioned you actually. You asked me whether I'm running The depression and anxiety recovery program soon Yes, but there is something we are running At the moment, it's called Well, we are running a series of diabetic health clinics mm-hmm. They're 12-week programs uh, These clinics uh, Basically educate people In the best lifestyle uh, That actually uh, uh, In what they eat How they exercise and and, and it's a very holistic in its nature, and and at the moment we are running at Warbrook here at, at um, in Newcastle, uh, maybe about 40, 50 people attending at the moment. Uh, we we are we've just finished two sessions. Uh, it's not too late if somebody here from the area hears uh, this message and you are suffering from uh, from diabetes type two. There is even some. Improvement in diabetes type one, but really diabetes type two is what, what we, what the program really caters for. Uh, and, and, um, and, or people want to lose some weight or they want to detox, to reboot the immune system. They can contact Five FM or myself and they can book into this uh, diabetic health clinic. I mentioned Lyle that actually there is something that triggers, that can trigger depression and diabetes is one of those things. Absolutely, and, it, yeah. and it's called diapression so dr nedley talks about it and says okay the link between diabetes and depression is diap- that called diapression so well, he called it that way
0: diabetes type 2 that's a choice
4: uh, well uh, really in essence um, uh, there could be some other reasons such as genetics but if we have the right uh, right lifestyle if we choose the right lifestyle like the, like the word choice mm-hmm. we actually can can uh, can control it or even reverse it so mm-hmm. Chronic diseases really are in essence our choice.
0: And out of the out of the, the your major chronic diseases of heart disease, diabetes, and cancer, I'd say that diabetes is the easiest one to deal with with, with lifestyle. Would that be? I,
4: I would say your so Well, that's just my opinion based on actually our experience. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm very excited when I when I see transformation of lives. Uh, um, we, we actually um, I would definitely agree with you.
0: Great. Well, we're going to talk more about that. Um, stay tuned. We'll uh, just take us a quick song break, and we're back in just a moment. Please. Welcome back everybody you're listening to faith FM eighty-seven point six, eighty-seven point eight, 87.8 or 88 and we are in the middle of a conversation with one of our regulars here on faith FM David Stojic. and David you were just sharing with us some of the amazing programs that you run through 4d lifestyle uh, clinic um, you're in the middle of a diabetes program at the moment but what else have you got okay
4: coming uh, up uh, so we have a Big not, year coming up a uh, huge uh, but exciting one we have a longevity lifestyle programs uh, program that's the, that's a 12 Week program developed by Dr. Arlene Taylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, with uh, you know her, she's an amazing actually uh, brain function specialist. The, uh, and so this is a brain based community uh, uh, program that teaches people how to live long. Uh, a long life with the best quality of life. And then we do uh, seminars uh, and workshops on forgiveness, in particular one called Forgive to Live. Uh, we do seminars on codependency. Uh, we do li- various life management uh, seminars. We do uh, schools of cooking, uh, support groups, counselling and coaching and so on and so on. So like one-on-one counselling. That's
0: right. Yeah, wow. So people can actually um, book in for one-on-one counselling with, with the us. very famous David Stoys.
4: <laughs> they can. They do
0: that. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Um, and that's a lot. You've got a lot of things happening there. Um, and it's great to find out um, all of these various uh, um, seminars. Can you tell us a bit more about the Forgive to Live seminar? We spoke about it briefly last year, but it was a while back. I've forgotten most of what we talked about,
4: unfortunately.
0: Um, Refresh our brains on Forgive to Live.
4: You know, in the community where I present this this, uh, workshop and this seminar, uh, they just say, we want to see it and we want to be part of it, Again and again. It's almost like something people just want to come back to and do, do all the time. So, so over the years, uh, as I was running various community outreach programs, uh, uh, in particular, I, may I say, uh, when, when we're dealing with people with depression, uh, in, invariably, uh, many of them. When I say, "Look, what do you think?" These are some of the programs that we can that we can offer, you know, for your for your help. Uh, and, and I I mentioned the seminar on forgiveness. You know, they say, "Please let us know when you're running it," uh, and 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 they absolutely uh, relate to that. It's not obviously limited just to just to them, but but uh, but it's it's a program that we run, particular one as you mentioned, franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you're using the program by Doctor Dick Tibbet. Uh, uh, in, uh, that he developed in, in um, a relation with our own uh, Dr. Marcia William here in Australia. And, and it's a practical program that takes people step by step through this process of, of understanding forgiveness and, and actually how they can come to the point of forgiveness. So what's the format of this program? How does it actually work? Uh, so, so it's, it's a six-week uh, uh, or a six-session program, uh, with each session running for between 1.5 you know, to, to two hours. Uh, the seminar is a combination of a video presentation by Dr. Dick Tibbetts, the author, and as I mentioned, Dr. Marcia William, who is a co-presenter. And each session also features an amazing story uh, of forgiveness, where somebody was healed of their mental and emotional pain by choosing, guess what, by choosing to forgive. Mm. And so the role of the facilitator, we have facilitators, the role of the facilitator is to lead the participant participants uh, uh, through discussion as they go to the workbook uh, that is developed by Dr. Tibbets. So um, there are some really coaching, those probing questions uh, on which the participants are invited to reflect uh, and those who feel comfortable can also comment on them or share their insights and experience. So there is no pressure on anyone to talk about themselves. But if they want to, if they choose to, they're welcome to do that.
0: So, why is it that, what are some of the reasons why people find it so difficult to forgive?
4: Uh, when people attend our oh, Forgive to Live seminar, many of them realize uh, that their whole idea of what forgiveness is and, and, and who benefits from it is wrong. Um, so, so, yeah, mm. uh, misunderstanding, I would say. Yeah. What are some of those,
0: uh, uh, myths and misunderstandings about forgiveness then?
4: Well, number one, actually, uh, people have, have, um, uh, some expectations and they, and they say to themselves, well, uh, uh, um, the offender will, 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 will take initiative to come and apologize to them. Sometimes, well, many times it never happens, and so the, so they, they, they think, well, if somebody doesn't apologize to me, I can't forgive, but that's a misconception, uh, uh, that actually somebody will come and make restitution, you know, uh, make, make, the, make the wrong things right, but that doesn't happen either. So, are we going to be captives and prisoners of unforgiveness for the rest of our life? And... and um, that actually the offender uh, will care about our happiness. Many times offenders just care about themselves. So, so, so these are the expectations. If people have wrong expectations in these areas, that somebody would apologize, make res- restitution, or that somebody really does uh, care cares about them. I mean, they may, but mm. in many cases they don't. A- and so, if people have these kind of expectations, they may never. F- Come to the point of forgiveness.
0: Yeah, so this is where we kind of come unstuck, isn't it? Because we have you know false expectations about the offender.
4: That's right, and and, and as as we mentioned, uh, offenders sometimes either he's not even aware that they've done it, or if they do, they moved on with their lives. So uh, so and we are stuck if you're not forgiven, if you're not if you haven't forgiven.
0: Wow. Okay, so we need to um, correct our misunderstandings about forgiveness and what it is and what it uh, what it what it isn't really. Um,
4: Yes that that's 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 uh, that's correct uh, you know uh we definitely need to do that um uh and and uh, uh sometimes the the um the people who are struggling with unforgiveness uh, they think why should i forgive i didn't do anything wrong the other should be punished you know or or yes. pay for it uh, why should i let uh, the other uh, person off the hook uh, that's a very very uh frequently uh, claimed or or, or 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 pronounced phrase. Why should I let somebody else off the hook? I,
0: I guess just uh, my observation would be that if you if if you are not letting them off the hook in your brain, then you are the one who's actually on the hook because <laughs> they probably have no idea about it.
4: <laughs> that is so. That is so so true. Uh, you know. Uh, let's mention um, a few other myths about forgiveness. Uh, well, forgiveness isn't forgetting. Uh, yes, <laughs> So this is really important. We, we, we frequently hear this cliche, forgive and forget. Uh, forgiveness isn't excusing somebody's wrongdoing, you know, uh, and, and, and by implication, giving uh, permission to do it again, uh-uh. as some people say. It's not denying. It's not a denial or not, nothing happened. Uh, it's not condoning. It's not even pardoning, uh, you know, because because uh, yeah, if
0: they've done something wrong and it's and it's uh, and,
4: and it's jail-worthy, they're still going to prison for it. Absolutely, and also, it does not necessarily mean that there will be reconciliation. That, okay, so
0: forgiveness and rec- reconciliation are two things.
4: That's that's exactly separate so.
0: from each other. Yes,
4: in some cases, there is reconciliation. Yes, People come to agreement and forgiveness happens. But in many cases, there's no reconciliation. So reconciliation lets two people get on
0: with their life. Forgiveness lets you get on with your life. Spot on. Spot on. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to see how this works. (laughs) So it looks like a lot of people confuse forgiveness and reconciliation. Um, And uh, yeah, a significant difference between those two right there. Um and I understand, yeah so anyway
4: well, let, let me let me uh, as as we are as we're coming uh, fairly close to the time, let me just i i we would do injustice if i didn't they they didn't do that we but- actually need to point. Uh, point to the model. What gives us and many people before us who have discovered this the the, the great example of forgiveness, the one who prayed from the cross, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. Uh, We need to actually come to that position and place in our life. And we strongly suggest that as a great, uh, if I may call it spiritual resource, as we behold as we uh, As we behold uh, that, that, that example of forgiveness uh, uh, Lyle yeah um, and,
0: and really that's a great example because when you think about it, you know Jesus was there was no reconciliation that took place there the the, the soldiers that he was speaking about they didn't apologize. They, they didn't, stop, they didn't <laughs> stop nailing him up that's, that's right um, the priests you know they didn't they didn't stop accusing him. Um, he just prayed for their forgiveness.
4: That's right, and for for this reason, Christ, knowing how important forgiveness is, he said to us: "For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men uh, their trespasses, neither will your he- heavenly Father forgive forgive you." Now, this can be impacted hugely, mm. but in essence, Christ is saying here: forgiveness is important. I model that. Learn from me and you will be able to forgive as well.
0: That's fantastic. David, thank you so much for joining us and speaking about forgiveness, and we're really looking forward to your next presentation here on uh, Faith FM. Uh, We'll be back uh, right after this song and then the 8 o'clock news.
1: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Enjoy fantastic food, fun, friends, and fellowship? Sure do. Then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in and a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow. Where? At the Adventist Church on Newcastle Road, Walls End, number 63.
0: Is that the big iconic A-frame church near the roundabout?
1: Sure is, and it starts at 10 am every Thursday.
0: Great. I'll see you there.